Today's episode of the show is brought to you by our friends at Bandzoogle. Bandzoogle is built by musicians for musicians. It's an all-in-one platform that makes it easy to build a beautiful website and EPK for your music. Uh, I would know I'm working on a, uh, a site over at Bandzoogle as well right now, and it's really easy to make, and you can get everything uh, up and running pretty quickly from hosting a custom domain name. Uh, you got dozens of fully customizable design templates and tools to sell your music and merch commission-free, which we love to hear as musicians. Uh, there's commission-free crowdfunding, fan subscription features, mailing list tools to grow your audience, social media integration, and live support from their musician-friendly team seven days a week. So if you want to support the show and if you want to help yourself while you're at it, direct support podcast listeners can go to bandzoogle.com. You can try it free for 30 days and use the promo code direct support, all one word, to get 15% off the first year of any subscription. That's bandzoogle.com, promo code direct support. Bandzoogle. Don't you come at me with your one of three, because I need direct support. I don't even care about the fee, I just need direct support. Opening the night. Might as well put us on death row. What's up, folks? My name is Peter Shrupp. I'm your host, and welcome to Direct Support, the podcast. Look at that. We got a new theme song for season two. Oh, man, I'm getting this one into you guys under the wire. I've just been driving back because my girlfriend and I went for a Valentine's Day weekend getaway, and it was nice. And uh, and here I am, back to work, baby. Um no, man, it was nice to get out of L.A., and that's definitely something that me and our guests this week talk a whole bunch about. My guest is Mark Diamond. Uh, Mark is a singer-songwriter. He goes by his own name because, I mean, if your name is Mark Diamond, you go by Mark Diamond. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and and he's a, he's a good dude, man. We met maybe 0.2 seconds before this whole lockdown happened um, at this little party, and then... <laughs> And then I was like, yeah, man, we were talking about music. And I'm like, yeah, I got this podcast. And he's like, I would love to be on it. And then we scheduled it for like maybe March 18th. And he texted me. He was like, yeah, I'm not coming. And I was like, I get you. I understand. Um, and so we didn't get to it. It's been like a whole year. But that's okay. People got lives to live. And, and, uh, and Mark's cool, man. He's got a lot of cool perspectives on music and the benefits of He's got a lot of, you know, emotions about major label stuff and the benefits of staying indie if if you have a project that warrants it and 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 the freedom and all that and he's got a lot of cool ideas on strategy and all that stuff and the importance of uh my favorite line he said was right like you're running out of time um which is great. And so, we had a good chat. So this is me and Mark Diamond chatting uh but first, if you want to help out the show, if you want to support um out of the goodness of your heart or whatever. If you're starting a, a, a website for your band or your project, you heard the Bandzoogle ad. But also, if you're like, I don't have money, man. I'm not trying to pay for that stuff. Uh, do me a favor and go give us a five-star rating or give us a review on Apple Podcasts because that doesn't cost you anything. And it'll bug you maybe a little bit, but it'll help me a lot. And so I would really appreciate it. Um, and we can keep doing these shows. All right, we got an acoustic performance from Mark coming up right now, so please enjoy Mark Diamond with Heartbreak Money. Here it is. Oh, I know it's hard to see me on your TV But I guess it's like I'm singing you to sleep Oh, I'll never be the boy that you 
What's up? Welcome. How you doing? I'm chilling, man. This is it's nice to see you. It's nice to see you too, man. Can you can you hear me okay? Is this uh... I can hear you great. I'm sorry that that happened to you. That's the second time my password didn't work on somebody this week, so I don't know what's up. It's not cool, you know what I mean? It's... I almost just didn't show up at all. It's only it's only a year in the making that we've been trying to do this episode, so that's actually true. I know. <laughs> I, I was going to say it's that sounds over exaggerated, but it's definitely <laughs> definitely not. Was it a year ago we met? Was it? it, it yeah, it would be about that because you know you couldn't have hung out other. It, we must have met yeah. and hung in January or February of 2020. I got back to LA. I'm trying to think at the end of January or maybe March. Because because yeah. you know what I I feel like what happened was I hit you up to do this and I was doing in person once and this was before the lockdown. That's right. And then yeah. 
And then the reason we never did it was because I was still trying to make it work in person. You're like, I- I'm going to take the proper precautions. And then I was like, okay, yeah, I'll start doing these. Oh, on Zoom. that's so right. Yeah. Cause we, and so uh, that's, that's what I think changed everything was I started hitting up the people about zoom and I forgot about like the loops that I had never closed in person. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, here we are. I'm super, yeah. super glad that we're, that we're definitely doing this now. Me too, man. Are you, are you in LA right now? Or are you in Washington? I'm in Washington. Yeah. I am in Seattle. Um, and, uh, yeah, I just had to get away for a little bit. Um, we'll definitely be back in LA. It's kind of once, once shows start happening again and there's like really like to be in this terrible city. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Being in Seattle right now, um, I'm not going to say I'm regretting my decision because I'm making a lot of good music up here right now, but I will say I was like gone for three years. Mm. Uh, it's so, it's pretty uncomfortable. Like weather, it's just. Oh yeah. I'm like, I feel too young to like. I feel like I have like arthritis in my fingers, and I'm like, why do my fingers hurt so bad? And uh, my partner Allie is like, well, it's because it's so cold. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you're right. Like, you're it has right. Nothing to do with like, it's just I'm not used to my bones being cold. Yeah, I mean, I'm cold for the first day. That like it just got cold here now. It just started raining here last week, so you know, and it put me right in cardigan Professor Pete mode. But yeah. uh, but I like, just read something that was like people are like people who are you know over thirty or something in L.A. When it rains, all they say is like, "We really need this. L.A. really needs this. It's terrible. It's, <laughs> it's, cleans- true. it's cleansing us, is what it's doing." <laughs> oh, is that's why it's just the worst. We're the worst, man. And it's and nobody's from here and everybody came here and it's yeah. I don't know, it's just the, all the appeal of this place I think really gets sucked out if you can't do any of the things that you would normally do, you know? Yeah, and it was just for me it was timing cuz like um our lease was done. And go. so we were just kind of like, do we want to just stay here and potentially not be able to leave because of lockdowns and whatnot? Mhm. Um, or do we want to go back up to Seattle and then have the ability to be outdoors? And, you know, like my family has, you know, a couple pets. And so we are like, we could go be with some animals and like, you know, like trying to figure yeah. out ways of like, how do we make 2020 still good? And a lot of that for us was like, I guess we should go to Washington. Mostly it was because of animals, my family yeah. as well. And, and, um, my partner's family as well, but it was definitely, uh, the animals that we have and up then, here, we're like, we want to see them. I'm sure creatively you get a bit of a, like a, a creative retreat built in, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know what, you know, it's funny is I feel like I'm noticing, um, just the older I get that I just love m- just moving, not necessarily like physically moving mm-hmm. where I'm living, but just always being on the move at some point. Sure. Like my favorite part about arriving somewhere is knowing I get to leave. And my favorite part about leaving somewhere is knowing I get to come back at some point. So it's like I have this like weird fascination, this endless loop of um, always wanting to leave, but then being excited to come back again. And so I think that alone is what makes being here right now kind of inspiring in terms of writing Um, is because it's like I know it's temporary and I'm going to leave again. And who knows where I'm going to move and april when you know lisa's done here i mean i don't right. know well you know i can really relate to that because the last single we released dizzy is a song that i wrote about it's potentially the uh it's the 
like the the less excited version of that is being on the road missing home when you're home mm-hmm. missing the road you know mm-hmm. and it also reminds me that jeff tweedy book the title is uh let's go so we can get back you know yeah. and it's kind of like the perfect i think like sentence to to describe maybe touring and maybe just like being uh uncomfortable with like with uh complacency and and, yeah. and just stagnation for too long yeah i don't know there was um i was thinking about this the other day when i was walking just just literally this exact thing of <laughs> you can't you can't experience new things without goodbyes without like just complete which as a songwriter there's kind of like endless material in that because there's yeah. so many things just in life in general that you have to say goodbye to and like you realize that everything is temporary everything and i i, I feel like this is probably two or three years ago for me where I, that kind of started to sink in where it was like man the good times the bad times all that is so temporary that you kind of got to just like roll with the punches and then write as many songs about it as you possibly can. And right. so for me, I get like overwhelmed sometimes because I'm like trying to get out songs as quickly. And I've been, I've moved like maybe five times in the last like three, four years or something, four, four times, yeah. four years. Wow. So moved a lot. Um, well, and any, anytime you occupy a new space, don't you find yourself like approaching music differently? Like, like if you're in a new space, every single time you go like, I get to start over. Like, even if it's like down the street, which I literally did, I lived three, three blocks down and now I live here. And like, and even that made me go like, okay, well how I approach this space is going to be totally different. And that'll like, like apply to how I pick up a guitar. Do you think that like, I've always had this sort of idea that you can hear the room that you're in. And I know a lot of it has to do with memory. Like mm. if I listen to my old catalog, I can almost feel what that room was like that I made it in. Like, do you get that sense with like your music at all or where you wrote a song? You're like, I can almost feel when I listen to this song, the room I was in when I wrote it or like the space or whatever. Yeah. Sometimes it's not even the room when I wrote it, but it's the room where if I like, cause it, cause it's wherever I got the breakthrough, I think is usually what I latch onto. Like I might've mm-hmm. started an idea somewhere and voice memoed it, but I didn't have the breakthrough on like, you know, the switch to the yeah. chorus or whatever it is like until later. And so I'll always think of like the spot. So if that was where I, that where the song was conceived, that's fine. But sometimes I could be like, the practice space or what one of the other guys told me, you know, is like the next step yeah. that a song needs or, or whatever. So I, yeah, yeah, I do, I do have that same, to me. yeah, I have that same, like a, uh, like location memory lock. Um, yeah, for sure. But, yeah, I, but I, I don't know like if it's always the, the room where it started. Right. I know. I think of like, even like Tom Petty's tracks and stuff like that. When you listen to his music, you feel like you can just like, you can picture him like being in, you know, where it was like Laurel Canyon Laurel or whatever Canyon, the yeah. Canyon was in LA. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like all of them making music in this Canyon, like in the sun, totally. like it just comes out in the music, like fully like that. That's, so that's super yeah. inspiring to me because it's like, I want to just see more things. Like I want to go to Berlin. I want to go make music in Berlin. I want to go make music in <laughs> Amsterdam. But it, it becomes endless where it's like if every new place brings a new sense of like connection with your creative side of yourself, it's like that is just a game that you could just keep chasing after forever. And and most people aren't even going to care about that. It's for like you and the few that that you know choose to indulge as much. Like I I I 
I totally hear what you're saying, like, with Petty. Like, he's somebody who it seems important where that space is. Or, like, uh, this story I heard about, like, when Kings Leon was making their first record, they just yep. didn't do any of the soundproofing right in that space. So, apparently, one of the songs you can hear, like, the crack of a pool table. Like, you can hear... Was it, it was, like, in a basement or something, wasn't it? I think so, yeah. yeah. And apparently, there's, like, a pool table there, and you can hear it on one of the tracks, like, pretty loud. <laughs> I don't know which I song it that. is, but... Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, on my first album... This is really funny. I I was um I like live tracked part of it. So I live track I've always had like not trouble, but I've always struggled with trying to capture a moment if I'm not playing piano or guitar and sing, mm-hmm. like while I'm singing. Oh, okay, yeah, of course. Sometimes it just feels like I'm trying to perform too much and it doesn't feel natural necessarily. Or you're thinking too much about the click. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for real. Um and so on my first album I was playing keys and tracking vocals at the same time. And I, I had like an older keyboard at the time and it had like built-in speakers. And so I like basically live tracked the whole album before realizing that the speakers were actually on, on the out keyboard. So the mic, out. the vocal mic, <laughs> in the background of the vocal mic, you just hear this like horrible keyboard sound, you know? So did and you so have to go it, back and do all the vocals? We kept it. Oh, you kept it. We kept it because I had spent like two days <laughs> at this place, at this studio um, here in Seattle, actually. And and I was like, well, I don't have time to go back and redo it. So we just kept it. And like you can hear the piano bench I was on is like literally creaking. And I know like a lot of people and even myself, I'm like, oh, could we add like a piano creaking noise? Like, Yeah, add people it. add but, that shit. Yeah, yeah, because it's like people add that because they want it to feel real. And on my album, it was like a mixture of like, you know, this actual poorly designed, you know, you know, stool that was creaking so loud, but we kept it. And I think that's like partially what made it special. That's what made it cool. Totally. I think, I think you're right. I mean, especially that, that notion that, that people are faking what you had happen naturally and totally by accident. Well, I, I definitely, do it now. <laughs> like, yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. I mean, we've done it, you know, on an acoustic track, you go like, I want to hear a swivel of a fucking little drum throne that you sit on right yeah oh man well okay so tell me about that record what's what's up with the concept of making it lost recordings and all that Mm. so yeah so the lost recordings i I knew i wanted to name it war um and uh the lost recordings part came came about kind of on accident because we literally and this sounds like a joke but we had done this live tracking. We decided we didn't like it. Like, I was like, I don't like this. There's, like, no energy mm-hmm. in it. It's just not what I want it to be. And so I just put it on, like, a hard drive and just straight up forgot about it for, like, maybe a year or so, a little over a year. Just didn't even think about it. And at one point, it was, like, uh, the manager I was working with at the time was, like, hey, we should just put that out. And I was, like, I don't even know where it is. Like, <laughs> I really don't. Like, I just... I, that's how much I don't care about those songs is yeah. what I thought at the time. And so I was trying to chase after like I was working on an EP that was like more built out, which long story short, the EP ended up completely flopping. No, no nobody liked it. <laughs> and then I put out the album is kind of like, you know what, whatever. I might as well put it out. It's done. Um, let's just, I know, call you, it the I know you said long story short, but we might make that story longer in yeah, a little it, bit, so we gotta, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but continue. Yeah. And so I put just, I put it out 
um, back in like 2016. So it's been a minute. I put it out. Um, I made one post about it. Like again, I was this wasn't necessarily something I was like, this is what I want people to think of when they when they think of Mark Diamond. It was like I just gonna put something out. So I labeled the songs all very complicated names. It's like yeah. you're my girl, parentheses, lost recording, and then like you know brackets, and then like bracket the something thing. else, yeah, uh, and put it out. And then it took like a year and a half. And um, I used to work at a coffee shop here in Seattle, and uh, a friend of mine texted me and was like. Hey, congrats on a million streams. And I was like, where? <laughs> on what? I didn't even have like Spotify app on my right. phone or anything. And uh, I'm like, what are you talking about? So I log in and I was like, oh, wow, there's people listening. And uh, then from that point, it became like in 2018, that's when things started to like pick up streaming wise um, into 2019. But yeah, well, yeah. Okay. The album, the concept. Sorry, I kind of went on a tangent, but the no, the, that's that's exactly where I want to go next. But yeah, yeah. The concept was just kind of like what I was going through for those yeah two year period. I was kind of uh, I was going to college, ended up getting kicked out of college. I say kicked out, but it was mostly I just failed out. Is what it was. Yeah. Kicked out sounds a little cooler <laughs> though, doesn't it? it sounds like it I sure did something. does. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It sounds like you're uh, like wearing a leather jacket and you're in Greece. You know, <laughs> yeah. that's. <laughs> no, I just failed out. That's what it was. That was on me. It wasn't the school's fault. It was my fault. Yeah. You slimed yeah. one of the teachers. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, yeah. So, because, like, when I hear it, I hear, like, almost eras of your stuff, you know, going through and dissecting. And, and like, it feels like there's, like, like folk section. There might be, like, a little bit more pop in the box mm-hmm. section. And then there's like the hummingbird era feels very pop, but almost closer to like what Harry Styles is doing now. And then it mm. almost feels like you circled back to like something in between the pop and the folk. And mm. and mm. really, and just with my personal taste, what I, I align with the most, like the last however many songs you put out starting at the beginning of last year and maybe even 2019. Oh, wow. Like that's that's when I really start to click because that's kind of my... Like, zone, I don't know, just my, my oh, dude, zone, that's like the biggest right? compliment to me, man. Cause that's like oh, in cheers. my head, honestly, that was, that's like, that's the dream, right? Is it kind of like take the thing where you started, where you were like closer to having this childlike <laughs> mindset and willing yeah. to say whatever, not overthinking it, not, you know, hey, it doesn't rhyme. Who cares? Say it anyway. Do you remember writing songs in high school and they were just so not refined, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Just like all over the place and you're like well that didn't make any sense at all let's but do it whatever <laughs> but it's like that's the dream is to get a mixture of that child more childlike thinking or the immature thinking where you're not there's no filter necessarily um mixed with kind of a more mature uh kind of i i don't know it's like sense of confidence in your art so if like you mix the yeah, two sense together, of the music itself right yeah yeah and i'm trying yeah. to not overthink as much as I used to in terms of just like, I feel like with, not that I was overthinking with the, with like the EPs, like the Hummingbird EPs, but I was clearly trying to prove myself. And when I hear it, I can hear myself trying to be like, look it, I'm a pop writer. Like I know how to write pop songs and like, (laughs) I'm going to prove it to the world. I'm like, at the time I'm like, I'm with a big label. I'm like, I'm going to prove to the world that I'm a pop song writer. And then uh, it's like, yeah, but, I didn't necessarily like when I played those live, 
I didn't like feel it. I like I, I found myself trying to like fake it a little bit. Like you know what I mean? Like I'm sure like yeah. when you perform certain songs, if people maybe really like those songs, but sometimes you just really have to like search for the meaning of that song. Oh yeah, you got to work for it sometimes, and yeah. it's the one that they have no idea or haven't heard yet, or that they don't care that much about that you're like. I love that. I can't wait to get to this song. Yeah. Yeah. You're and like so looking at the set list. You're like three songs ahead of where you are. That's a bad place. Yeah. <laughs> That's <laughs> how you forget exactly. lyrics. <laughs> yeah, man. I just, there's a couple things that made me realize like, you know, like all the songs I put out in 2020, every time I play them, truly, I'm like, it feels like I feel very lucky to, to be playing them. And like, I'm excited so to sick, play them. dude. Anna and Quiet are like spectacular. Those are oh, those are my you. those are my big those are the hearts, you know, for me. Those are both awesome tracks. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah. I'm glad you, that you like them. Of course. Do you do you feel um when we're talking about the memory and the location, like do you feel like maybe the pop stuff you're like that was LA, that was that era and then is that is that are there do you have that sort of uh yeah. identity no, with yeah, it? Does yeah, it yeah, feel like the the folk stuff is is Seattle? Kind of, yeah. It kind of feels that way a little bit for me. Um, mm-hmm. Like I said, L.A. was like a little bit proving myself sort of thing. But then as I was like the last like three or four months in L.A., a lot had changed. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I was in a record deal. I ended up wanting to get out of the record deal. And all of that was a lot of uh, different emotions, whether it be like part regret, part all, all sorts of different things emotions happening plus knowing that i was going to be leaving there um i wrote like man on the moon um i wrote the ride um yeah i wrote like a bunch of songs that i think were really really important for me to write because mm-hmm. um, it was just i don't know it's kind of like i mean i remember being a kid and like being like oh so like the way i write songs is like this like continuous sort of heartbreak thing you know you fall in love you get your heart broken again and then you yeah. write some songs about it and like re- repeat sort of thing and yeah um it's like you kind of get like well what happens if i'm in like a steady happy healthy relationship by the way i'm in the same department being with the same girl for five years so like you yeah. definitely get to a point where you're like i'm yeah. i don't fight i'm not in yeah like teen heartbreak mode how what do i do (laughs) well luckily for job security for you and i is there's always something to be sad about (laughs) always like calling that job security that's funny (laughs) it is i mean it is in so many ways don't worry man there is always something to just be bummed out about and misery will find you you don't need to fabricate it (laughs) yeah don't go looking for it yeah (laughs) that's funny oh but, uh, wait, yeah. so I want to dig into that a little bit. So, you know, yeah. you're independent now. It must have been super exciting initially to like start going down the track. Like when did you notice, I guess just to fully rewind, when did you notice like people are paying attention? Was it that moment when your buddy's like, congrats on a million streams and you're like, oh, I might have something here? That was one of the moments. Yeah, that was like okay. a small moment. I was like, oh, okay. So to me, it became like, that was the first time I'd had proof of concept of like, I'm writing songs and now people outside of just my friend group are listening. Mm -hmm. which is proof of concept. It means that like there are people out there listening. And so for me, my mindset has always been, if there's two or three people listening, it's not just like, I mean, a lot of this is luck, of course, but there's got to be more. If there's two to three, then there's got to be at least two or 3,000, right? And then you kind of get two or 3,000 and you're like, 
there's got to be 20 or 30,000 people out there <laughs> who are listening. I just got to find them. Um, so that was a what big a positive one. outlook. Can I just pause really, really quick to, to let you know, so many musicians would go like there's two or 3000 and they go, uh, no, they don't, they're not listening to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it's like this self-deprecating sort of like uh, style that is, yeah, no, I know. I, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't know why I'd, I feel like that's more like a, a, a survival mindset for me because it's like I have I this mentality of like it's got to work. Yeah. So how do I know? I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't know. I just know <laughs> that it, it will. It has to somehow. Sure. Um, probably because I've never thought of what would happen if it didn't. So it's like <laughs> that. That that's keeps me running like yeah. in the other direction. But okay, so. What what were some of the other moments? I was you said that was one of them. What was another moment where you're like, this is this is for real? Um, I mean, the other moment. So when I like, of course, with um, getting like a record deal offer, that was like another mm-hmm. one where it was like, oh, so now there's proof of concept that there's people listening, but that also someone's willing to like put their own money on the line. Yeah, that is, and so that was kind of like another exciting moment. Um, mm-hmm. And my first tour, probably, I was a little late to the touring game because I became like a kind of like a streaming artist where it was like I didn't necessarily need to go tour. Yeah, I remember us talking about that. You were just like, because we've always been like a road band and and that's always been the goal. And you were like, I can do this from my bedroom, but that sounds fun, you know? Yeah. And well, here's the thing, though. And like. I that I'm I be, am jealous of being able to just go tour all the time, which sure. my buddies who tour all the time are like, oh, we we wish that we didn't have to go tour all the time. It's always reciprocated, of course, and that is the case. <laughs> I mean, like, I uh, had a conversation. Um, Noah Gunderson, he's like amazing artist up here in Seattle. Yeah, and we kind of had that conversation at his show in L.A. Um, afterwards, I was like, man, I you know wish I was touring a lot, and. Uh, you know, for him, he, his whole thing is touring. That's where he like, he's got yeah. fans all over the place that will buy tickets. And, um, he was kind of just wondering like how the streams were coming about and all that stuff on my end. Um, so yeah, I guess, yeah, the grass is always greener a little bit. Sure. Uh, I think it's just, yeah, the, always the two, of course. Yeah. And if you can get them both going or like have the option to not tour when you don't want to and have the freedom to go like, you know, yeah. Nobody's forcing me to go out on the road, but I would love to to play for people, you know? Yeah. I guess that's the dream, right? Yeah, man. I mean, my first tour that I did like headlined was um December of like 2019. No. Yeah. So not that long ago, like a little over a year no. ago. And the um, probably the last chance you would have been able to. Yeah, oh, for real, yeah. And I <laughs> it was like a short run, but you know, yeah. and I wasn't playing for very many people. I mean, in Seattle there was like 250 tickets or something like that that I sold. It wasn't it wasn't a huge homecoming, but it was like for me, I'm like, oh my gosh. Today's podcast is brought to you by our friends at Bandzoogle. Built by musicians for musicians, Bandzoogle is an all-in-one platform that makes it easy to build a beautiful website and EPK for your music. Direct support podcast listeners can go to bandzoogle.com to try it for free for 30 days and can use the promo code direct support all one word, to get 15% off the first year of any subscription. That's bandzoogle.com, promo code direct support. Like, But isn't that such a freaky concept? I mean, you go out there, you got half a million 
you know, followers on Instagram right now or, or monthly listeners, whatever. Right. And, and the, the, the concept that that doesn't translate to like bodies in rooms is so strange to me, you know, like it's such a rude awakening on one end. And then on the other end, sometimes you're like, what happened in this city? Like Seattle for some reason is a big city for us and we're not from there and we'd only played yeah. there once, you know? Yeah. It's a weird thing, man. It's super, super weird because the relationship people have with their phones is different than like the relationship they have with actual physical venues and like hundred percent. And some, somehow, I mean, that's always been a thing where like you kind of just, you go to a city, a whole bunch of fans don't show up and then they message you like a day later. They're like, when are you going to come to Oklahoma? And you're like, I was just there. Yeah. (laughs) And now it's just like even more noticeable because you get to see how many people are listening. And, um, for me, I I almost had, I had this kind of skewed sense because I like played Portland and Portland, there was like literally barely anyone there. Same. But the by people the way. that were there were yeah. singing every song, and so I was uh-huh. stoked about it. Of course, you know, like the bartender and the people, all this other stuff, they're not stoked. <laughs> they're like, I hope this guy never comes back to Portland. Back, yeah. <laughs> and Dude, I, me, I, I'm like, this is crazy <laughs> that people are even here. Uh, and my manager's calling me like, you know, you must be, you know, pissed. Like, I'm like, I'm not pissed. I'm like, I'm stoked. Like, <laughs> there's people in this city who came to my show. Those two cities always seem one or the other. I literally, in the last episode, I had my buddy on and he was talking about how Portland is always amazing for them and Washington and Seattle is always terrible for them. And I was like, we've had the exact opposite experience. Not like just, just in terms of like literal numbers, yeah. you know, but I'm, I'm in the same boat, man. Some of the best nights are the nights when there's like hardly anybody there, but you can just literally have a conversation with somebody who knows everything about you, you as an artist, you know, I'm curious, do you have like fans that have glommed on to certain, certain segments of the music that you put out? Like, have you noticed like, oh, these people are here tonight to hear, you know, that, that, uh, major label EP. And then other times when you're like, or is it mostly like people are connecting with what you're doing now? Well, I mean, the thing is, is so, so people usually connect with my first album. So that's usually like when I play those songs, that's the one that I'm going to hear people singing back fairly loud mm-hmm. is the first album. And I understand because that's been out the longest and that was where a lot of people were introduced to me at first. So um, it's taken time, but I've learned to like really respect that. Um, I bet, I bet you've come around, right? There was a moment where you're like, I'm sick of doing this shit. And now you're at the point where you're like, yeah, this is what they came for. Oh yeah. And I'm sure you, I mean, yeah. you get that as well where it's like, okay, here we go. Like I, gonna play this song again Um, well we had so much confidence when we put our first like three singles we did like a homemade ep that we eventually took down and we did three singles and they all streamed super well for us and then we were like okay cool we're invincible and then like everything we've done since then has it like never fully cracked that top five that spotify top five or whatever like it is it's like a tough zone to penetrate and uh and it's both a rude awakening but also like you're like "I i hope people you know, don't yeah. think we're going to be that forever. Cause like, that's, you know, yeah. <laughs> or whatever. Right. So, so yeah. you, yeah, there's like a, it's a, it's a kind of disconnected relationship, but, but, but. So do you think I, about that when you're making music, do you think about how you want to stay in, do you just naturally stay in the same sort of genre or do you, do you think to yourself like for arms akimbo stuff, we need to keep this sort of like style. Do you, if do you think I, about that or is it just like free game? Just throw whatever you want at the wall and see what happens. Honestly, if I am, if I'm in a good headspace, I'm not thinking about what anybody else thinks at all. I'm just trying to finish the song. If I am 
feeling insecure and like not in the right headspace, then yeah, I'm, I'm always comparing it to my to my own stuff. Like I'm comparing it mm-hmm. to like what we've done before, and there's always this like weird tug of war of like we want it to be different enough that we feel like creative, but not so different that it doesn't alienate people. Mm-hmm. But hopefully, you can just write the song and decide later. It's like that, you know. Yeah, it is. I mean, yeah. it just like it's good though. It's in, I know that's. I feel like I've gone back and forth. It's like one of those things where the more you think about it, the more difficult it is. Or it's like with writer's block, you know? It's like if you think yeah. that you have writer's block, your writer's block is going to get worse. And it's going to last a while. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like for, for me, I've kind of realized it's like if I start to think that way, just like walk away. Yeah. Like there's okay. like multiple days for me, which I know is different than like some people do like a song a day or whatever works for them. And I've tried that as well. But for me, I find the best thing which can be difficult at times. It's like, I'm like, all right, I'm going to try and start something new. And majority of the times that doesn't like work. If I'm like, all right, I'm going to start something new. It like is either there or it's not there. Right. It's like fairly simple. You got to get out of your own way too, because it is, it's almost like egomaniacal to be like, I can create something daily. It's like really like, you yeah. know, most musicians will agree, like we're a vessel. And like when the music is, is there, mm-hmm. you just got to be open enough to like, to like, you know, pour it out and let it see through. And if you think that you're going to yeah. be, you know, making something constantly, I mean, some people are just like prolific like that, but yeah. <laughs> it's not me. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. I, yeah, I'm, I'm a bit of the same way. I, I, I like feeling like I'm chasing something. I think that's for mm. me when I do the best is when like, and you learn, you learn to respect that feeling as well. So it's like, and it feels amazing by the way. That's oh, such a good feeling. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's literally like a high, like no yeah. other high in the world is when you can see, you, you feel it right there and it's running and you're chasing after this song and you don't want to let it round the corner because it'll never, ever come back. It's gone forever. Yeah. And I love when you crack the part that wasn't working because then yes. the next thing you do, you're like, I need to play this immediately because it's I can't wait to play this. Yeah. It's like, press record, press record. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll do it double time. Just do it fast. Hurry, go, go, go. <laughs> Before I lose the bridge melody. And then you're like, yeah, yeah. Do it double time. There. We'll slow it down. And you get to the part that you're super excited about, and then you fuck up the like the syntax of how you sing it, and you're like, "Damn it, it's all right." <laughs> no, 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 never mind. That was a, that was a horrible idea. Never mind. <laughs> oh, you you said something I, I I was into there, but just to go back, so what was the moment where you're like, "This has run its course. Time for me to like branch out on my own, and I don't need the to do the major label thing." Like mm. that's, I mean, got to be a ton of emotions. It's got to be a lot for you to decide, like. Um, you know, even though there's pockets here and people willing to invest, like, I don't know. It's, it's hard, man. That's, I know, I know that so many people have like so many musicians and if there's up and coming musicians listening to this, I'll probably be like, you know, uh, I want to, I want a label to, to be interested in me and, and then, you know, they need to hear That's, all the stories. Yeah. It's tough, man. I, I don't necessarily think there was like one particular moment, um, and my experience is obviously different than other people's experience, but it's also similar to what I would say is the vast majority of, of artists who've been signed. Um, Agreed. <laughs> the difference would be that I had put out an I'd put out work before the label that had done well enough to where I could live off of it. And so it wasn't a ton of money, but it was enough to live off of. And so when a label came about, 
I maybe was making more money than I had before, but I didn't have the same sense of like excitement or fulfillment. Um, mm-hmm. And when you get a lot more people in the team quickly, I mean, keep in mind, I, I went from like by myself making music yeah. to then like having a full team of people and a marketing guy yeah. and all this other stuff. Yeah. And so right. you jump into it and expectations. It's a lot of people reaching into the same pot. Yeah, exactly. And one. it's like expectations really need to be managed um, when you go into something like that. Uh and so for Fuck, me, it, it's a, a little bit like I found myself being really frustrated at times because I would be making music that I absolutely loved and um, just wouldn't get the excitement from it when the song was out or when it, I, don't, I don't know what it was. I felt like I wasn't getting out what I was putting into it. Um, and it, it, it was kind of like... You have a literal line about that in Hummingbird. I forget what song. Oh, oh, I do? Is that what you said? Yeah, you have a literal line about in this life you, you, you get where you put I it do. or something yeah. like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's true. Oh, yeah. Oh, nice catch. Nice catch. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, what is it? This time, I'll... I'll uh, won't take more than I give or something. Like I fucking that, I, I I ruined your train of thought. But no, 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 no. You're, you're good. Um, <laughs> yeah, no. It was just like the fulfillment was lacking, all of these things. And so I kind of... It's a mixture of the be careful what you wish for situation, um, but also in, in a lot of ways it was it was really what I wanted where it was like, you know, there, there were some things that I just don't think were right in major label life. And there's things that like uh, I just thought morally weren't cool. And I, I think everything should be artist forward thinking. Um, and it should kind of be like if the if the songs aren't doing well, like, Everybody should benefit once the songs are doing well. It's kind of how it feels um, to me. Um, but yeah, I, I I don't know. I kind of so be careful what you wish for. A situation was mostly coming from like, wow, when I was by myself, making a living off of my album that I owned, uh, things were less stressful. And so I found myself yeah. saying that a lot to myself, um, and kind of like yearning for this sort of like removal of the team that I currently had and um I just want it to be simple I just want it to be about making music I want it to be about real human connection again like none of the meetings I had you know at the label um ever was talking about like fans ever or like human connection or how do we really grow and build this bridge between me and fans it was always like how do we get higher on new music friday how do we like when when getting new music Friday isn't enough? You're like how do how do we get up greater engagement from faceless nothing? <laughs> exactly, yeah. yeah. Because that's where they make so much money off of streaming. So it's like people don't even realize how. I mean, they make so much money off of streaming, and um, that was their main focus. So everything was centered around that. And I I think the big shift for me has been. No, no, the, the, the center is people, fans, the people listening to it. That's the center. Because I can make music and I can throw it at a wall all day long, but it takes real people to then for that song to go become something. Yeah. It doesn't matter so, if it's on New Music Friday or not, because I've had <laughs> songs on New Music Friday. I've had, I mean, my whole first album, none of it got editorial love. 
Yeah. And that was like real people. So, um, yeah, it was just, it was kind of a mixture of a whole bunch of things. Um, and, uh, a learning experience. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll say that. And I think over the years I'll probably on, on the, the, the bigger the stage I get on, the more vocal I'll be about what I think is wrong. And, I'll say names and I'll go full on. I'm sure. I'm sure I will, oh, right? No, that's fine. I even don't even want this to be gotcha. I think that there's no fucking question. You can't watch a, a documentary about and you can't watch a rock dog without somebody being like, Yeah, the label fucked me. Like that's just yeah, yeah. the most <laughs> yeah, classic true. thing. It's literally like act three every time. And so so like it's there's true, no man. question there. And I'm and, and I'm not even looking for that. I really just want to know. You know, you, you gave it to me, which is like, how does that feel internally? How does that, how do you navigate this, this new territory, which is oft exciting until you're a part of it. And then you realize like, this is very restrictive. I need out. And I'm, I'm happy. It feels like, cause the stuff since it seems like since you've been out is the stuff that is resonating the most with me as oh, that, you know, that's music so good, man. Yeah. That makes yeah. me so happy. Cause it's, the thing is, is that like when you're signed, there's this level of like the people that are around you think that you're getting a lot of money. So therefore everybody starts asking for a lot of money. It's like, you can't yeah. do anything. You literally can't do anything with like things, you know, skyrocketing price and all that. And so it's, mm-hmm. it just took my focus off of fans and it, everything was like numbers. Everything was streaming numbers. Everything was money. Everything was like, it just completely changed it. And it was like, okay, wait a minute, we need to reorganize. And um, I got an awesome manager now, and, and he's actually mm-hmm. based in um, Japan. And we've been, like, working with distributors over in Japan. And so we've really, like, changed our whole outlook. Damn, so you're trying to go international. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it was just like... <laughs> That's ha- awesome. You know, what's going... The, the, the music scene over there has grown so fast. And uh, so just looking at it different, man, just having it be about people first and um i love that wait how do you approach that so how do you go we're going to try to crack something you know overseas as opposed to like right here so a lot of playlisting a lot of everything is about personal relationships um that you have whether it be with like independent playlisters or like if you know people at spotify and if you actually like, I have friends who are in Southeast Asia and a part of the music world over there, and that whole entire fan base is just like craving more music. They just want more music. That's they just awesome. want more music to consume, and so it feels like that's about to really pop off. So the the shot of somebody independent like myself getting a top ten in the United States is super I mean, inundated. Yeah, I mean, that's really unheard of. Even people, and not to, you know, ruin people's excitement, but the people who are getting really, really famous on TikTok right now, it's like TikTok signed a deal with Warner. TikTok is doing deals with labels. Like, this isn't, this is planned. Like, this is, yeah. I'm so sorry to burst everyone's bubble. To burst but your bubble, planned. but the, this isn't the just trending like, song is, is pretty fucking choreographed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, all of this stuff, like, these are all conversations that Universal has where they say, look, we're putting all of our money into this artist until they break. Because they make the most money when they break an artist. They don't make the most money when they just maintain an artist who's, like, already peaked and now they're here. 
Yeah. So they, they, they just want to break artists and then drop them off. Um, Which is also always why somebody's first record that they do, or literally now not even record, it's a fucking single that they do. It's true. It has like a huge campaign behind it is always the one that they focus on the most. And then you start to have growing pains because you're like, where's my place in here? They're looking for the hot new thing. And I existed yep. only three months ago. <laughs> yes, it's true. And a lot you of these know. labels, it's like, you know, uh, the label I was with, Republic, their whole saying is like, we break new artists. And it's like, <laughs> they're not even hiding it. They're being very obvious. We make the most money when we break artists <laughs> because we don't have to give them very much money or give them a horrible deal because... They went from being nobody to somebody, and we get to make a lot of money off the first deal that we do with them because that's when the splits are in our favor. What a hilarious slogan, by the way, for you to just be like, yeah, this is really appealing. I know it's appealing to you. It's <laughs> shit for our roster, but it's appealing to you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of wow my experience with them, and, and luckily just it's not normal to be able to swiftly kind of go out the back door like I did without having too many repercussions at all, really. But, no, it's uh, not normal. That's crazy, actually. I had a deal here in Seattle with a, a label that was started by the manager of uh, Pearl Jam, Kelly Curtis, mm. and he's he's uh, he, he was able to, to kind of get me out the back door. And um, so I haven't, you know, all my stuff going forward I own, and there's no... Hell yes. That's great. No holding deal, no shelving involved, which is what happens, you know, to a lot of my friends, especially like the pop punk scene seems to really like shelve the shit out of artists and like, yeah, it's true. You know, like something about certain scenes even is, we all know how like, like how pop can manipulate, you know, very specifically, you know? Uh, and, uh, and I think that I don't know. Different scenes are responsible for different things, and and I think it's interesting to look at look at that too. It's um, true. Oh, it's super true. Yeah. Different cultures in them as well. Yeah. I love that. I love that point you made, though. I've always thought about that because, like, I speak Spanish, and I was always like, if I wanted to, I've never really tried to write very many songs in Spanish. But I know that the competition oh, is significantly killer, lesser. Man. You know, it's significantly lesser than. The United States, obviously, you know, and everything in English. Yeah, man. <laughs> I do go for it. I mean, you definitely should. I feel like just a lot of the, uh, I won't say the U.S. is losing their grip because that's going to be years <laughs> before anything happens as far as us being like, I feel like the kind of the center of the, the music world. Uh, mm-hmm. But other countries are really starting to um, pick up and it's amazing to see like I, I'm, there's a uh, a couple DJs in Japan that are gonna remix my songs and like I'm gonna so, try and do like you know, I'm doing with sessions sessions with people in other countries and it's like that's kind of cool to like look outwards. So I dude, you should 100 percent write put put a song on on your next project you got coming up. Um, yeah, <laughs> do it in Spanish. We should do that. I, I honestly, I literally just made a note of it. I'm writing it down. Um, how did you, so how did you break into, so I, I, I take it you do some songwriting and some collaborating and I'm guessing you doing some like zoom sessions and stuff. Like, was that a, was that a product of the label? Is that something you fell into by just making friends otherwise? And, and just, you like know, just that world, in general? Just, just, just like specifically like songwriting for other artists and that, that sort of deal or start songwriting with other artists. And, and do you do any sync in, in that sort of stuff like that world? Yeah. I mean, I, I've always written with people 
okay. never more than like one or two people. Yeah. Um, but I, the sync thing I've done, I've done that. I used to do that like, I did that for like two years straight where I was writing basically just for sync. And I would, okay. like once a month or once every month, I'd go f- travel from Seattle to LA. And I was working with a sync company there and uh, called Lyric House. And I would just write songs for commercials, video mm-hmm. games. And uh, I found that I actually had more success, not in the songs I was writing for Pitch, but just in me writing my own songs and then giving it to them. Oh, Those were the ones that usually they got wanted. placed. Because there's something kind of on the nose about it. When, you, when they give you a, a brief and you try to match that brief, then you're too close. But then you see like what actually landed and you're like, this is kind of different. Yeah. But oh, it's yeah. it but it touches like it touches what they're saying for like one second and then it veers off to what it is. Yeah, and they'll I mean they change it, they edit it in ways. I've had places <laughs> where they just use like two words and then yeah. it's like reverbed out and then it's just yeah. my guitar and I'm like, okay. Yeah. Yeah, because um, I'm I'm just dipping into that world a little bit and I did like one EP of that kind of stuff and I've had a couple of songs that I've like sung for people but I wasn't writing on and I hate that because it's like I got the day rate for that. I didn't get the songwriting rate yeah. for that, you know? <laughs> Which fucking blows. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but it's 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 you. really it's really funny what they what they choose sometimes. You yeah. Know? It's almost like it's, I, I, it's so funny. I was uh I have to talk about golf at some point. I just love golf. I'm such You a, love golf, huh? I love golf, man. Now, that's the other thing, dude. The label told me, literally, was like, maybe don't talk about golf in interviews. That's what they said to me. So I'm like, well, fuck you. And I'm going to talk you. about golf in every interview. <laughs> what are you talking about? Dude, like, you think it's just anybody? Not, literally, they said it wasn't that sexy. Whoa. I'm like, yeah, neither is my hat, but I still fucking wear it. Okay. Well, your hat is sexy, but I, okay. also... I totally lost my train of thought. I just started talking. No, no, I just no. said golf and then I lost it. I don't it. care. We're talking about golf now. We, we <laughs> do you know what? Like if you did a full video or like a full campaign, like if you did a record with the vibe being golf. Oh yeah. Just golfing. N- nobody's done that. There's no golf video. There's no like golf photo shoot. Like it's not a bad idea. actually. It's wide open and you could dress like halfway between yeah. golf stees and a musician. And I'm just like sitting on a green next to a yeah. flag playing guitar with like mm-hmm. golf clubs over there. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, like, where'd you get co- the idea from? And it, I, I mean, I have a story for it. Yeah. I think you, I think you do that. I mean, you know if I was going to say, we I might steal rem- it. I was going to say <laughs> when you're writing for sync, mm, I forgot. I'll, I'll, I'll wrap it around. I'll connect it to fuck. I promise. <laughs> Okay, here we go. I'm going to bridge the gap here. Here's my attempt. Um, it's basically like like w- when you're playing golf, the funniest thing, like when someone's giving you advice on how to swing, they're like, swing really hard, but like don't put too much effort into it. And you're like, oh, that's weird. And then they're like, have your grip be tight, but like real, pretty loose. I'm like, oh, that makes <laughs> sense. And they're like, you definitely want to focus, know where you're going, but also don't think about it too much. Just do it. <laughs> I'm like, okay, well, those are complete opposite. Um, yeah. Everything about writing golf to is me some... is the <laughs> same thing where it's That's... like, okay, look, it needs to be very specific, but completely like, you know, very broad as well so that everyone <laughs> can relate to it. But it needs to be specifically this. And you're like, okay. Like every brief that comes through is like, have it be about, you know, coming home, but leaving or something. And you're like, oh, all right. Do everything right, but don't think about it. 
Don't yeah. put any effort into it, but do it perfectly. Yeah. Do it perfectly, <laughs> but don't try. So that that was how I was relating golf to uh, songwriting. I think it worked, <laughs> but but uh, no, but also now he got me on the golf thing. I'm like, is there a video where where we're caddies? You know what I mean? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh there's yeah. That's, oh that could be good. That's good, right? <laughs> oh that could be real good. I'd be so down. <laughs> Oh man, you're gonna make um, me change my entire uh, pl- release vibe plan for the next year. I'm gonna like, yeah, everything's just gonna be golf, golf steez. I love that, and I also love your. I like, I like your hat quite a bit because it's not, you know. Thank are you. there Seattle Cowboys? Are you? What's well? Here's the thing. No, no. I mean, there's a couple, but not. No, they're not. Yeah. Kind of like cowboys are just. Other yeah. dudes who walk around Seattle who wear a cowboy hat sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Um, but if you, like, I'm from, like, an hour and a half southeast of Seattle. And mm-hmm. so I, I literally grew up on, like, five acres, which is not very much. But um, but it's acreage I grew up out of the city. So in that mm-hmm. sense, there could be some cowboys in a little out the outskirts of Seattle. Um, mm-hmm. But... Not, not, there's no, there's no, no one riding horses up here. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay. So besides, besides like, like working, planning to do things in Japan internationally, you know, obviously you've done like the last year of like, you're, you're doing the singles thing, right? Like you're back on singles and, uh, and we're, you know, playing Mm -hmm. the game. Right. So I guess what, what like lessons, cause, cause you have, must have pulled, from some of the lessons that you learned at a label of like how the industry functions mm. and how have you applied those to like you putting stuff out on your own now? Yeah. Um, I mean, it's definitely planned out. So it's like, I'm, I'm doing a lot of singles. Um, it is playing the system hundred percent. I mean, mm-hmm. majority of artists right now, a lot of artists who, who are really doing well uh, in the streaming world, they're releasing a lot of music. Yeah. Um, but also I, I write like a lot of music. Like, okay. Some of, and it's not majority of it is not like the best songs, but I'm realizing for me, the only time, the only time I've ever been successful is with songs that are already out. So with that mentality going forward, it's, it's pretty straightforward. Like, I've moved so much in my life off of the gut feeling. And then I've moved a lot off of just my like brain and the the balance of the two for me is constantly putting something out. It gives me something to look forward to, um, which is very inspiring. Gets you up out of bed knowing that, well, I got to get up because I have a release coming out in two weeks. Got to work on it. Yeah. Yeah. I I literally have to do it. And you know, cause I don't want to put something out that's like not ready. Um, so that's part of the reason for me. Um, and then, yeah, it's also like that's going to grow the connection between my fans and I. So I want to do this. I'll release, try and release music every month for the rest of my life. If, if, if I could, like I, I, ha- you know, I have a lot of songs sitting um, that have been done for a little bit that mm-hmm. uh, need to come out. I don't, you know, people spend a lot of time waiting and it's like, I understand that, but there, there's really no such thing as the right time. And that's what I learned with the label as well. I mean, you can literally, you know, it's like, oh, well, we can't release that day because, you know, a whole bunch of 
huge artists are releasing that day. I'm like, well, I'm not a huge artist. Yeah, that's not who I'm competing with. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. Yeah, like there's no competition there. Like, or yeah, or it becomes like, oh, so it's art. just gonna be a playlist that comes out today that I could also just whatever, like yeah. be on somebody else's who isn't listening to those people. Yeah, man. And <laughs> the thing that I've and this is this is literally just from experience and and learning this is majority of the songs I put out in 2020 have m- more streams almost than than 90% of the songs I put out with the biggest label in the world is what they say. Mm -hmm. And that says a lot. It says that like, even the labels don't necessarily know what they're doing. Like that's the thing is, is that they're just trying to figure out what's working. They repeat it until it changes Mm -hmm. and then they got to learn it again. Yeah. Um, Which we all do, by the way, that's like such a funny thing to watch trends and then, yeah, maybe, you know, they don't know necessarily what to do, but they know what they want. Like, they know the role that they want you to fulfill for them. Exactly. And it's so rare that that equates to what you are going to do. Because as artists, you, that you change, it's very mercurial, you know? You change yeah. constantly. And that's and that's the benefit. Yeah. That's the fun part. Yeah, no, it's true. And so uh, my, like, little bit of advice is put it out. Because yeah. I, I had a friend years ago tell me one time I was showing him music and... Um, I thought it was like the best music I'd ever done. Mm-hmm. And he listened to it and was like, yeah, I think, I think this is the best stuff that you've done so far. He goes, but what you should be more excited about are the songs that you haven't written yet. And I was like, oh, that's a really interesting thought. He goes, cause that'll allow you to detach yourself from what you just did. It'll manage mm-hmm. your expectations where it's like, you feel like you have the song, you know, we've had that feeling where it's like, this could be the song. Like, sure. I think it checks all the, the, you know, little check marks. It's everything. And uh, you put it out and it doesn't do well. And also what yeah. you mentioned earlier is is uh, that you've always done best with stuff that's already out. I mean, that's what that's always what happens is like you work on the next thing. You're all excited about the next thing. You're dropping singles. Then for some reason, something else catches on Discover Weekly. And you're like, but I that was 2018. Why is that yeah, doing yeah. well now? Yeah. <laughs> wait, wait. Why, why are people listening to that? Why can't they listen yeah. to my new song? Yeah, I'm all excited about this. And you're like, but I was, you know, in 2018, I was pretty hyped on that song and nobody listened to it yet. So Yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, uh, my experience has just been like, I can only speak to my experience, which has been, I, I put out music. Sometimes it takes a year or two, um, but then mm-hmm. out of nowhere, it'll pump up, get 10, 20 million streams. And you're like, yeah, why? And it's like, well, it's just because <laughs> it took, it takes time for yeah. like, you know, if you and I are just sitting here having a conversation and I'm like, hey, have you heard of, you know this band and then you go listen to them. Well, that's just one more listen. And it takes a long time for things to naturally grow. Like I, I, I know you guys understand with touring and like it takes a second to like build up fans, you know? Um, oh yeah. And know that when you roll into a city, you have people there. Um, and so with releasing, it's like, I don't need too many editorial playlists. They're nice when they come. It's amazing. And it, and it, Especially when you own a part of of your music or your song, mm-hmm. it's like it's really exciting. Um, but if 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 you can do it where you don't need to depend on Spotify, and instead you're just showing up on people's like Discover Weekly or whatever it is, which which are just going to be put on there anyway if if you like submit the song at the right time and and all that stuff. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah it's just you, like put it out if you can. Like as long as you're not, if you don't feel like you're, um, disrespecting your, 
process in any way. Sure. Um, yeah. Because that's definitely part of it as well. You don't. Want, it's kind of a fine line to walk sometimes, and you have to check in with yourself to make sure that, you know, I know the thing that's kind of popping on the internet right now is like Gary Vee or someone saying that like uh, quantity <laughs> or quality is subjective, quantity isn't. Right. So it's like, yeah. you might as well just put out as much of something as you can. But that's really yeah. how I've been moving the last, like, specifically the last six months where it's like, all right, well, if I don't even know what quality is, because my, my vision of what quality is changes so rapidly. Yeah. And yeah. differs from somebody else's opinion of it. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. And what I think the other thing too, that's great about that is you were just listening to your gut, doing the thing that you already do. And then now publicly, everybody's starting to say, you know what? We don't want the thing that, that took you forever to make a masterpiece. We just mm. want stuff. We just want to know what you're making. Like that is, it's not a new concept, but it's that concept is trending right now. You yeah. know, people are, you know, people are saying that these artists that, that are putting out a lot of stuff, like everybody likes that. Cool. That wasn't necessarily the case a little while ago. They were like, we want one single, we want to put a bunch of focus into that and then we'll move on to the next thing. Like, uh, so, you know, the trends change is good that you, you get yourself there because yeah, then you're, cause then you're ahead of the, the fucking tweet. Yeah. You know, but the thing is though, as well though, for me, um, and this is just me trying to figure out my own systems out. It's not necessarily, like, I don't listen to loads of music, and I, I don't, like... Me neither, I, by the way. Yeah, I, which isn't surprising to me, because you probably, I mean, when you would be listening, you would prefer to, like, maybe work on something or write, or that's how at least Dude, I am. Is that how you are as well? Like, you'd Well, if I'm just, consuming, I'm usually consuming a podcast or a movie or something else, and then hmm. using that as inspiration. Like, I would rather be inspired by something that isn't music to make my own music. Yeah. Does that makes sense. Oh yeah. Yeah. Or else I'm ripping from from other artists a lot. Yeah, man. You know? Dude, I love that, man. That makes me so happy cuz for me I, I'm like I've always almost been a little embarrassed by like how little sure. of music I listen to. Same. <laughs> cuz it's like I feel like I should, but then and I because just the cool kids are always listening to music and you're like, "Fuck, I guess I'm not one of the cool kids, but I'm a music." Yeah. <laughs> and I guess I don't know like all of the people who are like yeah. crushing it right now and um, I know. I never do. Yeah, I don't know. I it's I I'm more inspired by like conversations more inspired by like moments or more inspired. I don't know. That's a living. That's the other thing, man. It's like the best oh, thing yeah. for songwriting is <laughs> living your fucking life. Yeah. <laughs> I, I had another question. It's a bit two pronged, but um, something that I'm particularly interested in, I think a lot of people would be too, is, you know, you already mentioned, you don't necessarily write a new song or idea, you know, every day or whatever, but what does like your daily routine look like? Maybe especially in quarantine, like, mm. um, yeah. What, yeah. What does a typical day for you look like? Um, how often are you creating just that kind of stuff? Yeah. I, I mean, it's been, it's been a struggle, like for sure. Like I, I, mm -hmm. I think, uh, when, um, I first was able to like quit my day job, it was like the best feeling in the world and i what was the last day job you had too by the way i worked at a coffee shop that coffee uh, shop okay cool yeah yeah yeah. here here in seattle is before moving to mm -hmm. la um and uh but yeah i uh um wait what was i just i totally just forgot you were you were enthralled you were thrilled to be able to quit your day job and start start being oh yeah but the, the then the next thing was like how do you structure your days yeah when you don't have like a regular job and so it took me literally about like a year to be like, well, how do I do this? When do I wake up? 
do I like create routines and start doing like small things where it's like I wake up, um, I either walk and get coffee, I make my coffee, I make an orange smoothie that's fresh. I do like all of these little ritualistic type things really yeah. help me personally yeah. because then it's kind of like, uh, I, I don't know what it is, but it, it took me like maybe a year to be like, okay, well, how much can I drink? If every night is a Friday night, yeah. I can drink every night. And yeah. it's like, okay, well, let's let's figure out a little bit of like how to make this work because you could easily just run yourself into the ground um, having having freedom like that. And so, and so many people do, by the way. Like, thank yeah, God oh, you're, and I understand you're making why. sure you you put the effort into making your morning matter, right? Yeah, I mean, it. Yeah. I totally get it. That was one of the first things yeah. that I told my partner. I was like, I totally understand how, how people run into the ground because it's like you go from structure to no structure, but you're really excited because what you wanted is happening. Yeah. Even when things work out your way, you still have free time that needs to be filled with something, which used to be working, which used to be like (laughs) making coffee or whatever it was. Um, So it took me a second to be okay with like in between moments and be okay with like just going for a long walk to fill some time or, you know, doing these sorts of things that like, um, I have a very hyperactive sort of like brain. I'm quite calm as a person on the outside, but I have like, uh, at all times there's like some weird inner conversation going on in my head with like melodies or with, with something like, I, I don't know what it is, but it's taken me a long time to like, to, uh, kind of tackle that. And so when quarantine came around, I felt like I had been training for it a little bit. <laughs> You're like, it's time about, to face this shit. <laughs> I'm like, all right, here, here we go. Like my time to shine. Um, <laughs> but, uh, that's so funny. Everybody else is just like, ah, I've never been in this situation before. And you're like, Oh, look at you oh guys. God. This is, this is well, your first rodeo for sure. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm only like a year ahead, but I, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, my my uh, daily routine changes a lot. I don't know. It's I I got a whiteboard, you know, to help me organize things. I've been using that a lot to try and keep myself like on top of things. On task. Um, but yeah, no, I'm super lucky to be just kind of like just focusing on my tunes right now. Um, so I don't have too many like outside projects I'm working on. Um, and so yeah, every day comes with something new, but it always is kind of me coming in here, um, into my little home studio setup, um, and trying to finish up, um, tracks that I've already started. Like I said, if I'm not starting something new, then I'll kind of go open one that I was maybe working on a week ago and try and finish that up. Um, and then a lot of it, I spend like, I, I really try and spend like 30 minutes, a day responding to fans online. That's oh, nice. something that I hadn't done before. I kind of looked looked over it a little bit. Like, I don't need to respond to things, but since I've done that, that's helped a lot. And like, you know, I'll send out letters to fans or, you know, I just sent out a bunch of stickers and, and guitar picks because usually people, I'd throw out a guitar pick and since we don't have shows, it's like... <laughs> this is your, them, this is your toss. Guitar pick. Like, little things like that. I'm like trying to spend more time... Um, I've kind of made like a list of the things that I want out of this year. And for me, it was like, uh, um, 
I want to just get better at human connection. I kind of like daily remind myself that I'm the happiest version of myself when I am playing guitar and like wearing a jean jacket. I'm like, okay, cool. Simple. Like it's simple (laughs) shit. Like don't overthink this. Just like, you know, write music like you're running out of time. That's another one that I put on the list for myself. Um, Mm -hmm. So yeah. When you break it down, when you break it down, how much time do you put into, cause, cause you're, you know, you're running the ship. Obviously you have a manager, but you, you have a lot of control and responsibility for your project being the only one doing it. So how much time do you put into say actually making music versus like trying to educate yourself about the music mm-hmm. industry versus trying to like, le- you know, work on releases and like what, you know, the, the visuals or the, the, the strategies, like all that stuff is a piece yeah. of the pie, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Th- I mean, to be honest with you, I, I spent so much time being in LA. I wanted to really figure the beast out. I wanted to learn. How does this work? Mm-hmm. Why does it work this way? How do you get write-ups and things? How do you get like, yeah. how, what are the, what are the inner workings of the music industry? Um, and I realized it's not that different from what indie artists are doing. Cause like, for example, like submit hub, right? Sure. This is a little funny side story. Um, I think everybody who's listening knows, but if you don't know what Submit Hub is, it's just a you pay a little bit to get on blogs and they, they tell yeah. you if they like it or not. And if they don't like it, they give you your money back. Yeah, and it's like yeah. you know, commonly used by independent artists or smaller artists. And yeah. you submit your songs to blogs online and they can accept it and you pay a little bit for each submission. And I went on to my like account and I realized that that's what my label was doing. Oh, yeah. It wasn't even oh, yeah. like they had inner inside connections. No. They were doing the thing. Like they were owned them. Like they were just doing what I had done before I was signed to them. Somebody got thousands to pour a hundred. Yeah. I'm into like, what you could have done. 100%. Yeah, and that was a obviously big. That learning. was this one. Just like, yeah. Yeah. I'm like, just waves what? of realization. <laughs> yeah. Like what in the world is, is happening? Um, but yeah, that sorry, little side story. That, no, no, no. I had that. I had that realization with a, with a PR agent one time that we we could we would get these PR things, and I was like, "So you just wrote the blurb that you had me quote? <laughs> I wrote it." <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so true, man. What was yeah, that? But, what was the first part of that before I went off on that? No, that's. I was asking you how you break down. You know, you trying to like, yeah, you were saying grappling, grappling the beast that is the music industry in L.A. You know, and breaking down. Oh, how much well, you time were saying is, how much of my how much day. time is creative. Yeah, yeah. How much um, is how much is release and strategy and all that stuff? It's probably like a third release and strategy, and then two thirds mm-hmm. like. Uh, and I in that I put like fan engagement. I put, yeah. you know. I try to do the press release thing and all that stuff mm-hmm. as well on a smaller scale. Um, because ultimately all that stuff comes, it really does come. If you just have, if you have fans, it's going to come. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then two thirds is put into just music, just in some form. Um, and like, I'm learning to produce my own stuff right now. Uh, so I've been putting a lot of time into that. Um, yeah. Which is, I never thought I would because I've always just been very not naive, but like knowingly naive to, to the process because I just want to focus on the song as a whole. I don't want to look at kind of like all the pieces. 
sometimes, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, I just want to no, know no, if no, it's I, a good song or if it feels good. I don't necessarily care about, like, if the bass sounds perfect. I'm less concerned about that, and I'm just more concerned about what, what, am, what, what am I saying? What am I getting out of this? Yeah, I think it's tough. There's, I, I, I'm, by the way, exactly the same. Like, I studied recording arts in college just because I wanted to have that be a thing that I... Like yeah. I just wanted some something saying I'm I'm doing music, but like I was never interested in it. I just wanted to write songs and play songs. My favorite day was when somebody else had to do their project and they needed a drummer, and it was me. You know, like yeah. Um, and so I'm the same. Like I I only make demos out of necessity. I'm not really that interested. It's it's the fact that modern music changes to a the fact that most people can make really really good quality studio sounding stuff in their house and B I feel like like as things have progressed uh production techniques have become part of the songwriting for a lot of people like especially in you know so like that that becomes a tool that that you might need to introduce a lot earlier than I would have just strumming an acoustic guitar yeah you know yeah it's a I don't know. It's a different, it's a whole different beast. I get, I find myself getting a little frustrated. I don't, I don't know about you when it comes to producing or anything like I that, do. but I do. <laughs> if, I, if I can't get it to sound right, I like moving quick. So it's like, if I get caught up on like this piano doesn't feel right, it can really throw me off. And so I have to be careful with like, I, I tend to work best if I like write the song or yeah. at least get it started away mm-hmm. from production mindset. Yeah. And then kind of, roll it into the production thing um but i mean i, yeah, I get I'm you man I, it out. I like my production to be as simple as this fucking podcast setup so yeah <laughs> that's yeah. that's ideal this mic literally this yeah. mic this mic <laughs> literally no soundproofing in my entire room and if i need a booth i go into that closet you know <laughs> you and i both have a guitar just hanging on just on right yeah I get <laughs> two guitars hang we both two. have two guitars we each have two <laughs> you know what i've been using you know what i've been using what's that Mm. This little thing, ukulele. Yeah, I uh, <laughs> I got my banjo. That's usually my thing when I need a little bit of spice. Is I it's so weird, man. Grab my banjo. I haven't gotten like not. I mean, I haven't gotten a new instrument in a really long time. I mm. like just my electric guitar I've had since I was like fifteen. This acoustic right here I've had since I was like fourteen. I got a new one like maybe a year and a half ago. Um, and then the keyboard I've had for like five years. I keep my stuff. I don't really get too yeah. many instruments. So my, this is so funny. My nephew and my niece for Christmas bought me this ukulele. And it was like kind of like, oh, this is cute. Like, you know, I'll yeah. just put up a studio. And I find myself being like pretty inspired by having. Like yeah, you're using it all the time. I'm using it a bunch. <laughs> and I'm like layering it in songs. I'm like, this actually sounds like it's, it's really cool and i find myself i was like just sitting like i i uh, i don't know if you do this as well but i'll just go into the bathroom and like close the door and just like play guitar because it just sounds nice in like a small room sometimes in the reverb you know what? I, I will do that now because you said it i don't really do oh, you that. should That's do great. that it sounds yeah. weird i mean you don't you know you're not going to the bathroom while you're writing i suppose you could i <laughs> <laughs> no i mean well, I, I have done, to be honest, I have done that, but, uh, <laughs> but like, yeah, I don't think, you know, we've done it to record before for like an yeah. intro to get a weird, like weird sounding intro totally. on a song. We like did like a, you know, we played guitar in the bathroom and mic'd that 
There's like less distractions, you know, just like, just close the door and then, uh, it sounds nice. And I don't know, I dude, I don't know. I find like, I find if I'm in a studio, all I pace a lot, I'm a pacer. So when I'm, Mm -hmm. when I'm working, I will literally just be pacing back and forth in a room. Yeah. Um, I'm also a pacer on the phone, man. I can't sit on the phone. I fucking hate it. I'm surprised that we're not like, yeah, dude. Dude, that's that's been the most What'd frustrating say, part about starting this podcast is like I, I would take this guy mobile. I would take it off the stand if I could. We could yeah, you we we should we should have done that. We honestly should have done. That. We could have just held them and then we both kind of stand back and we can just. It would have been like, the toughest to edit. It would have been the oh most. God. <laughs> Half of your responses would have been warbled. We could have we used like a mic. Like oh, this that's and, true. That's like, true. We and just walked like around. Ted talk stand up set. Yeah, <laughs> stand up. Yeah, yeah. We each go for ten minutes. We throw back and trade yeah. off. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, sweet. I think I'm gonna t- I'm gonna take you through my. Let me see if I missed anything that I want to talk about real quick. All right. How long have you and Allie been together? Um, I think it'll be seven years. Wow. In like March. Yeah. It's nice to have a. It's nice to have that. Once you get past the the like, oh man, I'm not writing heartbreak songs anymore. It's like, oh, I just have a solid thing with love. Yeah, yeah, no, it's good. And like, it's, like, and I could like, just so make true, and support was, each other. People were literally worried. They're like, are you, you know, a couple of my friends are like, are you gonna be able to write songs still? Yeah. Like, oh, like things are never gonna be perfect. <laughs> um, I'm glad you had that mentality early because I was I was worried about. It. I was like, I might suck at music for a little while, and then yeah. I, I no man, it out. I it's like, been like. Very I just calming. Writing about jobs. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, no, it's been super calming having having Allie in my life because, uh, you know, as a writer, like I don't know, just in industry stuff and meetings, it's like there's always this sort of like. It just gave me more confidence, I think, uh, knowing that like at the end of the day, I got you know I have someone who cares about me. So it's yeah. like even if this song flops, my life isn't shit. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's not, <laughs> not, it's not all teetering on that bad. one thing. Oh, that's, yeah. that's such a huge lesson to learn is like, I can be a person outside of what I make. It's yeah. not the only thing that matters. Yeah, and she, yeah, that, she definitely uh, taught, taught me that, um, yeah. which has been one of the better things for my, for my writing, honestly. Yeah. Um, yeah, okay, so the only thing I wanted to hit before we did the little lightning round is uh, is like, do you have any feelings on like, song formula how 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 much you dig into like classic pop song formula or like just letting a thing be the thing or if you write something you're like this is like two minutes long it's not enough or you know do you uh do you have any strong feelings one way or another about that i used to have stronger feelings about it it used to make me quite frustrated um because you have like a lot of these like very successful and admirable songwriters that I obviously can't say what they're doing is wrong because they are arguably more successful than I am, much more successful. And so it's hard to say what they're doing isn't right. I do think, I will say this though, with music, you can't take the magic out of it. I think right now, whether it be song formulas or all these other things that are, that, um, are, that people talk about. If you talk about it too much and if too many people know, and if it becomes a whole thing, you lose the magic of the song. And so I, I, I had a conversation with someone who uh, 
has written a ton of pop songs. We were going back and forth, and he 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 looks at it like math. Yeah, I told him that I just disagreed. That I felt mm-hmm. like it should come from a different place, and kind of where we landed on at the end of the conversation is the math part of it. It's okay to have in the back of your head, and it kind of just you you know that this is what is easily digestible for people. Yeah, you can have that be like a low-level driver. Yeah, and the idea is that you know that in the back of your head that that makes sense because it actually ends up being the thing that feels the best, not just because it's a computer program of like, mm-hmm. then you go to the bridge, then you you know do this. And do the big last course, like, yeah. Uh, you do that because it's like it feels right to do as well. Uh-huh. Um, and so I think it's a mixture of the two is the best place to land. So I try and like, I've done it a lot both ways. And so I hope that in the back of my head, there's that like kind of like you make those decisions without thinking about it. Um, yeah. And, and, and also like, I think having in the back of your head allows you to go consciously go like, yeah, I'm breaking the rules because it feels right to break the rules now. Like yeah. Those yeah, exist, yeah. And you know, those rules like, exist, so I can do that. You said you're writing sync. So I'm sure that this is going through your head a lot. Well, that's right? why I was thinking, that's why I asked because I know you have experience with it and, and, and those, you know, the rules come in from, from the, the company that we're using to license these songs. And they're like, it song needs an intro and a pre, or it needs an intro and a verse yep. pre-chorus optional chorus. Mm-hmm. It needs a bridge. And, uh, and it was like, it was funny. That it was like, all we had to write all these five songs with like the only, the only leniency was like pre-chorus optional. Like you had to have an intro that was separate with a different melody. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you're like, dude, that's not the way to go into a writing session. That's not the smart way to go into a writing session. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Some of those are, that's a tough game, man. I remember doing, I, I flew to LA. I did a whole bunch of writing sessions specifically for sync. And mm-hmm. I remember thinking to myself, like I, I almost would rather, and this was be careful what you wish for, but I was like, I'd almost rather work at a coffee shop than do this because <laughs> I didn't, I felt like it felt like I was like, this is like sucking the fun out of it. So I really had to find the balance between like, listen to what the brief is, listen to what they're saying, but then also kind of forget about it. It's like golf that I did. Yeah. I said that, you know, you mentioned that I don't remember. Would you like to go into golf for about, <laughs> what is it for real though? What is it that you love so much about golf? We I mean, we don't need to get into. Go- I just I just love golf. I've played it for- <laughs> the boy shies away from golf now. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just I've always uh, enjoyed it. It's you like I think I it's, still, like it's the much. one thing outside of music. Yeah, that I like enjoy doing, and it feels like it's like one of the few things that I can do in my life where while I'm doing it, I'm not just thinking about music. Yeah, like I, it takes me away from. Uh, what I do 99% of my life. It's very crucial to have one of those. I mean, basketball for me is, it's one of those, but like, it's very okay. crucial to have a thing where you're like, cause I'm not an athletic person. I don't like to do, to move very much, but yes, I, you know, but like for some reason there's something about that one sport that takes me out of it appropriately. I love that, man. I th- yeah. I feel like that's huge. Cause then, cause then when you come back into it, it's like into music after like spending some time doing that, it's, it's always feels better to me. I want to do a, I've always wanted to do this. I wanted to have a, an Instagram that's just like paparazzo pictures of, of like cool musician guys, but in athletic shorts. <laughs> Dude, you totally could, man. You know, cause like, I would just love to see like father John Misty playing tennis. Like that's important. Oh dude. my God. 
that's gotta oh man you should do that yeah (laughs) i might have to find if it exists all right let's do that lightning round i'm taking it back ready oh god these scare me okay well it doesn't need to be a fast response and it's just they're the questions i ask everybody so um can you think of the best show you ever played wait what did you say i didn't even hear the first one (laughs) can you think of the best show you ever played hotel cafe um 2019 los angeles fun yeah uh what what was it about it that made it so special um i was playing full band which i don't do too often Mm -hmm. Um, but it was the first time i played a song of mine called london that's Um, a cool song i played it live and that was the first time and it was just like i had one of my best friends up on stage playing guitar with me also producer and who co-wrote that song uh, with me so it just felt it just felt really nice and i had some people who who flew in from out of town and and uh It was just super special. Well, and I know that feeling too, where you being a live act and a solo act, you, you know, cause I, I went from like having bands in high school and then when mm-hmm. I went to college, I was doing the solo thing the whole time and I missed having people on stage with me so fucking bad, mm-hmm. you know? So then like I, I wanted to get back to like having a band. So when I found, you know, the, like the Kimbo thing fell pretty, pretty nicely for me cause I just, you know, for me, and there's other people that I can do it, but I just couldn't hold my own attention with just a guy and a guitar for too long. Yeah, you know, man. dude, I, I I was telling Matt, I was telling him how yeah. I wish. He says hi, by the way. A lot of time, I I wish there's other people that I that I really had. Like I I have my partner, I have my manager, I have people in my life sharing experiences with me, but mm-hmm. no one who's really like going through the the movements like I am. Yeah, and I I'm almost like a jealous at times about like almost this sort of um connection that that you yeah. you know bands like you get to have with one another because it is kind of like this sacred thing and it you know things change well, and they maneuver and people grow up people all this sort of thing but um there is something different about being up on stage with other people that you sh- are sharing that moment with and i definitely miss that i think it's one of the most most debated things about you know doing it as a band doing it alone like yeah you know you're more light on your feet you can just decide to put out a song tomorrow if you want you can just put out that song tomorrow you know and and like those decisions always take longer the more people involved with it but you you don't have that us against the world thing when you're doing it by yourself you know yeah and that's and that's you know <laughs> that's that's the trade-off really but yeah you want it to be the us against the world that's the coolest thing i think well yes that's a Coldplay song us against the world i think oh is it um, and i saw Coldplay live and they all they made it really special about it was like one of them went on stage and then another one comes on and they slowly mm-hmm. come on and they give each of them their own little spotlight in the song and the song's called us against the world and it's just about them it's just the four of them and it's like ah oh, man like yeah. it's, you know love that that's great um can you think of the worst show you ever played oh god <laughs> Oh yeah, it yeah, doesn't need to be can. the worst. I'm just looking for a fucking. Everybody needs to know that we all have nightmare shows. San Francisco, <laughs> ooh, San Francisco. Okay. I, I actually played two shows back to back, and together they were arguably the worst because after the first <laughs> one, I caught a guy trying to steal my guitar. Oh god! I like left it in the green room, and then I'm like, go back, and I'm like, oh my guitar is not here i go outside and he's like getting in an uber and i'm like yo and he's like oh this is yours i'm like what do you mean yes that's my guitar (laughs) (laughs) and then uh 
and then uh, yeah, I played I played again in San Francisco, and uh, it was just it was that was rough. There's not not very many people. The ones that were there were like women who just go to that bar regularly, and they were wasted right. and like yelling. They enjoyed the songs, it seemed, but they were like yelling as I'm playing these like sad guy songs. You know what I mean? Yeah. And they're like, oh yeah, oh you're so good, like screaming, yeah. and I'm like, oh please stop. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, uh, time and place, my friends. Yeah, that's the that's another one of the hard things about being a solo. You know, I, I uh, <laughs> this one ain't me, but but my buddy when he tours, if he has a show where everybody talked over his set because he was doing a lot of like opening slots at that time, he would just like Instagram story a picture of a clam or clam chowder, and that's how I knew that people chattered over his. He, he oh called it getting clam God. clam chattered. <laughs> <laughs> oh that's so good yeah so it was just like a little it was just like a little like beam out beam it out to the homies who know what this means and you just like drop a clam in his story and we're like fuck bad show Sorry, oh buddy. that's so funny man <laughs> yeah. yep yeah those bad shows man those those uh those burn those those yeah. burn man I, yeah well, they do little i know this is a speed round but when i first that's not met <laughs> ali i was playing it like my old high school or something like that oh nice and uh she like walked into the gym. I'm playing to nobody. <laughs> no one's in there. And she like looked at me and then walked out. She just left. <laughs> Cause it was like, this dude's whack. Um, Dude, it's another know, bad show. But you know how that's the, that's the one by the way is because they, they like can call your bullshit. You know what I mean? And not, not super impressed. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, dude. Not easily. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. My, you know, uh, when my girlfriend is like, she's really fired up on a song of mine right now. And it's so rare because she's like supportive and great, but she shouldn't treat me like my mom does. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so good. All right. What about, uh, all right. So we're just going to run through like a couple, what's a big lesson you've learned about any of these things. Okay. So it's a big lesson you learned about, about collaborating. Um, respect each other from the get go. Yeah, very that's first big. second. Walk into yeah. a room with someone, you gotta have respect for each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, can't think even you're if above like, where you are. Yeah, exactly. You know? Even if you've never heard their work or whatever it is, you gotta go in just willing to listen and um, yeah, to trust trust each other. It's a weird thing when you just, like just trust a stranger, but it's just like yeah, the <laughs> second you meet them, you gotta trust each other if you want to have any shot at creating something good. Yeah. What about writing? Patience. Um, People have said that, um, and I say people have said because I've heard this from multiple people, is that um, like a calm mind is a creative mind. And I've mm. found that that's true, but um, so is like a, a bit of a chaotic mind and a stressful mind and um, a scared mind, uh, anxious mind. All of those things are, are very creative as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what about marriage? That one, that one's, that one's tough. I, I think in like four different words, but I, I will say, um, calming is what it is. It's like what I was saying before of like, you have a sense of confidence in yourself. Um, and, uh, I'm, I'm not a religious person, neither is my partner. Um, but it, it is nice to know if you disagree on something, um, we, it's not like one of us is going to walk out because we just had a disagreement. Um, and not that that door is ever fully closed, 
Um, obviously people get divorces, all of that stuff is very real, but it's to us, it's more of this, like, I got your back sort of situation. Um, and just because we might not see eye to eye on something doesn't mean that this is going to define the next 10, 15, 20 years of our lives. Um, yeah, it's calming. It's very calming for me, especially I like, yeah, I try and think of where I would be at right now. Without that, I think it'd just be a bit more chaotic for me. Um, and yeah. Nice. Uh, and what about now that you're learning producing now that you're on that track? Technical. That's it's, it's very technical. There's, um, (laughs) it's, it's just, you want to learn as much as you can and then um, set all of it on the shelves. And then mm-hmm. that's kind of what I'm learning is like, I find myself curious about like, how do I get this chorus to feel the way I want it to feel? And then you're like, Oh, that's right. I learned right two weeks ago that if I record three acoustic guitars, have one in the middle pan left, right. And like put chorus on the ones on the, that are panned, it creates mm-hmm. this really open effect that I can use on courses. So it's for me, it's just like putting a lot of information that you have um, on the shelves and you may not use it for a year, but that one time and you need it, you, you really need it. I think that's a good point. I think it's also like a, it's almost like a chance to try and, you know, record sometimes and then have different, like almost entirely different sessions to try to like learn more about, yeah. production right if you go like all right this is i'm doing this as an exercise to to mm-hmm. like to like build up my chops and that way when you go to the thing you can do it quicker you don't have to think about it as much and you can stay in that right brain zone exactly right brain yeah mm-hmm. uh, yeah yeah it's true you gotta you have to be like ready kind of for mm-hmm. whatever but then also just like I, i'm never gonna like i i don't fully have a producer brain mm-hmm. and i admire people that do so much um, Same. I I like can only take on a couple of my own songs like at once. Otherwise, I get mm-hmm. I get a little like overwhelmed, which is funny because with writing, I can write like in a day. I could work on two or three songs in the writing side, but production, I I it mentally it's just like oh my gosh, it's like it just takes up a lot of space in my head. Um, yeah, but I'm starting to think a little more in production. My I woke up this morning basically with like this answer in my head of, Oh, that's what I need to do. I'm working on this song right now called old soul. And it's like, been trying to get it over the line, not sure what it was. And I finally just figured it out. Um, nice. so it was like right before this, I was like pretty stoked. I'm like, Oh yeah. I locked it. That's what it was. <laughs> yeah. I love, I love that breakthrough. The breakthrough oh, feels is huge. Good. Yeah. Um, cool. All right. Well, last thing. Do you have any recommendations for people who, you know, this quarantine is a lot, some sort of comfort, whether it's like a TV or a movie or a podcast or a book or something like that, some sort of something to consume? A yeah, record. this is actually funny because I know I said that I don't listen to a lot of music, but mm-hmm. one thing that I've actually been getting into in the background is um, mm. listening to music in a different language. I find mm. is extremely therapeutic to me. And I only speak English, so I don't understand it. But I think that's why is because usually when I listen to music, I'm I'm kind of subconsciously analyzing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm always yeah. piecing it apart, whether it be the lyrics yeah. or anything. So yeah. I've been listening to like French music. Um 
and they have like a French playlist that just is playing in the background a mm-hmm. lot, which feels like just like cleaning my palate where it's like, yeah. oh, it's so nice to not listen to stupid English, you know? Like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take that. I'm going to take that because what I always mention on the show is, uh, uh, forgive me if you've heard me say this before, listener, um, the one listener, uh, I... Yeah, uh, that's jazz for me because it's over my head musically. Like most jazz is like out of my reach in terms of like oh, wow. what I can play. Yeah. So because of that, it's really easy for me to like stop working, like step <laughs> yeah, aside you know, with the, yeah, and uh, and, and let listen. it do its thing. So I'm excited to do that by thinking like maybe I won't do that with you know a yeah. song in a different language. And I need to listen more jazz too because it's the same thing. When I have seen jazz live or anything, it's mm-hmm. like oh I can actually just sit and enjoy i don't yeah like i'm gonna say that they could have done that better i'm like i don't know i'm not i'm not that good at <laughs> exactly so. oh that's yeah so with that you should it. write a spanish song yeah i will no i will i will but you'll know what it means Fuck, so i'll get to enjoy the, <laughs> the yeah, i'll have to work on that one it'll be yeah. spanish jazz that way we're both fucked oh my gosh <laughs> um, yeah, fe- yeah you can feature me in it there you and go. I'll, and I'll just like whistle or I do, no, I, don't, I don't know what I would do. For real. Matt mentioned that you talked about doing a session. I would love to, to, to write with you sometime soon. I would love that, that man. Fun. And we yeah. could try and do the virtual thing. Um, yeah. I've done it a couple times. Sorry. Yeah. I would, I would be down to, to, uh, yeah. to give it a shot. I would love, Sweet. I'd love to work together, man. I wish we could do it in person, but in I the meantime, me in the meantime, let's work with what we got. Make the most love of it, it man. Well, thanks for doing this, dude. I'm stoked. I appreciate it. Thanks for the invite, man. This was this was awesome. I'm fine. I'm glad that we finally got to do it. Much love, man. Dude, much love, man. All right, y'all. That was me and Mark Diamond. I hope you enjoyed it. If you want to help out the show, once again, leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Leave us a review, a nice one if you can. Um, go to Bandzoogle and use promo code direct support to support the show for 15% off on your first site. Thank you to Kelsey from Local Natives for our new theme song, and I will see you next week. Oh, yeah, and hit me up if there's anybody you want to hear me talk to because I'll reach out to them. All right, love you all. See you next week. Bye.